the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Well, welcome back. It is... Actually, I pre-recorded this, so I'm just going to let you know that ahead of time. Uh, if you'd like to get a hold of me, hear anything you want to know more about, feel free to give us a call. Uh, go to my website, BullingtonCapital.com, and reach out. The uh, We're going to be talking about quite a few things today. There have been some changes. I, I'll tell you what. The, the older I... Is it just me? <laughs> the older I get, the faster things seem to change. And that's mind-boggling. And I remember being a young person, people saying, look, you know, life's going to pass you by really quickly. And they were lying. It's moving at warp speed. <laughs> the, uh, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't believe it. Anyway, so I know a lot of you are out there in uh, uh, this holiday season and wondering, and I, f- I feel bad for everybody not being able to get together with a lot of their family and, uh, in fact, I uh, thought I might have come down with COVID, so I went and got a test, and thankfully it came back negative. Uh, so that was good. But, uh, man, I don't know. It's so paranoid, and people are so afraid to go and, and gather. And, and, you know, this is going to be one of the worst, not worst, one of the uh, weirdest holiday seasons ever. I mean, you can talk to people. You can do uh, Skype. You can you know, do your FaceTime on your phones and all that. It's just not the same. You know, it's just not the same. Hopefully, vaccine comes out, starts to heal us all, and we can start getting back to business as usual. In the meantime, again, as I'm constantly saying, nothing is as constant as change. Uh, as Yeah, nothing is as constant as change. There are some changes coming down. I know we've been talking a lot about the nationwide product uh and fixed fixed indexed annuities in general. Fixed indexed annuities are different than the old indexed annuities, and they're different than variable annuities, and then they're different than there are tons of different types of annuities. This one's pretty popular because it guarantees a minimum income, and it's kind of like Social Security in that if you don't use something, it actually um, you can actually wait. This is. Really interesting. My computer just got taken over <laughs> by a video game. What the heck? That is funny. Anyway, uh, we've got a. Uh, I just lost my whole train of thought there. I thought my. I just thought my computer had been hacked. Oh well. 
But uh, <laughs> we're talking about nationwide, and, and they've got products, and now they've got a product for younger people. You know, the fixed indexed is really it's geared towards people who want to have a an income that's predictable. Okay, so if you're looking for income, and you're not really excited about a a less than one percent CD or a government bond that's paying less than one percent, and who would be uh, high yield bonds are paying four to five percent, but you know those have a lot of risk. They fluctuate almost as much as stocks do. Yeah, especially over the past four to five years. So if you're looking for something that that's got a uh, guarantee to it, the guarantees are only as good as the companies that are making them. Um, but uh, that's why you want to try to pick highly rated companies uh, because you want to minimize the chances of, of something bad happening there. But they're able to come in and because they have this thing called an unlimited life expectancy, they can actually handle a lot of the risks that we as humans can't. Why? Because we have a life expectancy. And if you get a, a series of events that happens, say like, I don't know, year 2000 through the year 2009. Uh, if you went to March of 2009 and I'm sorry, March of 2000 market peaked and then somewhere in March of 2009 it was down about 57%. That that's almost 10 years later and it took a long time to recover. And that's one of the better performing investments of the last hundred years. <laughs> so that's what is the uh, really tough about that i don't mean really to laugh about it. i don't want to offend anybody um but it, it's a sometimes you when you're startled or you know you're saying something that's you know really uh kind of morbid actually um one of the better ways of handling that is just to laugh it off okay. but it's really not a laughing matter as if you were were to have retired around march of 2000 and had a huge chunk of your money in the stock market, your lifestyle is significantly different than it was back then, significantly. So that's why products like these are, are important because the income is going to stay steady. It's going to stay stable uh, no matter what happens to the stock market. And that's a big deal. So here's the, uh, uh, if you'd like more information on that, feel free to call me. There's a website that you can go to. You can put your age in there and you can put a, a number in there and, and nationwide will show you how much income you could expect to get in uh, people like to focus on the investment side of this there are four different index funds that you can invest in in that product and you can change them uh, every couple of years or so uh, you can switch it around the reality is i i think that the the guarantees are probably going to do better than those uh and that's a uh now, that's my personal opinion, but you always have the chance that that may outperform the minimal guarantees. And so that's a good thing. There are other things that they have, other benefits. Uh, return a, a premium. That means if you invested whatever you invested in it and you started uh, taking income out and then the market crashed and it, the investments went down in value, you would be your you'd be guaranteed, your, at least your beneficiaries would be guaranteed to get back minimally what you started with. What does that mean? Well, if you started with, let's say it's 100000 bucks, and you, mar you invested March of 2000 in, uh, in the S&P 500, or in most stock funds, a broad selection of stock funds, there's a pretty good chance that three years later they were down about 
And if you were taking money out, you were down significantly more than that. And uh, that money's probably never coming back. Now, if you died during that time period, your family gets whatever's left over, whatever's remaining. If you died with a, a product like one of these, they'll take a look at what you started with, subtract out what you spent, and then pay that as a benefit to your beneficiaries. So there's a really good chance that you would have more money, like probably a lot more, um, depending on how things worked out. So I thought that that's pretty interesting, you know, to, to be able to have something like that. But this is really for people who are, oh, say 10 years from retirement. So if you're 10 years within 10, 10 to 12 years, maybe 10 to 15 years of retirement. Yeah. If you're within 10 to 15 years of retirement or you're already retired and you're looking for options for guaranteed income, this is something you should probably consider. Now it's, it's not for everybody. And that's, that's where I'm going to part ways with a lot of the crowds that, that sell these products. It's not for everybody. Not everybody even needs it. I have clients that don't need this. They have enough in uh, cash in their lifestyle. They, they spend so little that they could live off the dividends, no sweat. So is there a need for this in that? Not really. <laughs> is it, would it be right for them? Only if they wanted it. You know, if they, if they looked at it and they liked the idea, then yes, it, it is. It's a good idea. So now having said that, you know, I was talking about a couple of weeks ago that this is probably not for 40 year olds. Why? Um, because if you're 40, you've got, well, minimally 25 years, 27 years before you can uh, collect full social security. So you've got a long time. In that case, you should probably be more in stocks. Now I've got uh, contacts, people, friends, relatives who just can't tolerate the fluctuation of the stock market. They just can't do it. They don't like it. They want more surety there. And I get it. I do. When people work really hard for their money, and most people do, they don't like to see it go down in value. And that, that's one of the, the reasons that average investors have to struggle so hard, especially if you haven't gone through a finance course that shows you what stock investing in stock markets actually feels like, because all stock markets are incredibly volatile. They're never not volatile. Okay. So when you're investing, you've got to be prepared for that. You got to be prepared to know that if you put money in there, it could be down 50% or more at some point in time in your lifetime. I remember when I first got my license, some over 30 years ago. Yeah. I, <laughs> I went up to one of my men and we didn't have the internet yet. And all we had were, you had books, you had the library, you had to go back and look this stuff up. It was a lot more, uh, it was a lot more difficult to, to find good information than it is today. And I remember reading something that was written by a guy by the name Peter Lynch. He wrote this book, I think it was back in 1988. And, then I read something, the same thing by Warren Buffett, who at that time was one of the world's most successful investors, still is one of the world's most wealthy people. And both those guys said, if you couldn't stand to see the value of your stocks drop by 50% or more, don't buy stocks. I thought they were kidding. <laughs> I was so naive. I thought, oh, they're just, you know, they're just trying to scare somebody. Why, why would they try to scare anybody? The, uh, 
So anyway, I went up to a, a manager that I had at the time and said, hey, is, is this true? He looked at the article and he goes, oh, no, 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 that, that, that'll never happen. And uh, I think I'm pretty sure he was afraid that I would not be able to sell anything <laughs> if, I, if I knew what the real numbers were. Now, here's the, the problem with that. You're going to find out that those numbers are real and that they fluctuate a lot when you invest. You see your money in there. And that's one of the reasons I think a lot of in, individual investors don't do as well as they could is because they don't know what to expect. Or somebody says, these are very secure companies who have dividends, who have high profit margins. Yeah, they're still stocks. They fluctuate too, like a lot. Okay, they fluctuate a lot. So why am I talking about this? Well, because nationwide, for you younger people who just don't want to see or have to put up with the fluctuation, they have a product now, and this is not just for younger people, by the way. You can get this as you're older. It, it makes sense for an awful lot of people. But you can invest in any one of several hundred funds. They've got all the big names in there. They're all institutional funds, so their expense ratios are lower. And the bottom line is you can invest in all these funds. You can have 100% of the money in stock funds. And they will guarantee, they'll give you a guarantee of 4% income on it when you get to retire. That's for an individual up to age 85. If you're married and you want to put a joint spouse in there, 3.75. But that's pretty good given today's interest rates, especially given the fact that they're going to allow you to go 100% stock. So if your stock investments outperform, there's a good chance that your income will go up. If it doesn't, or if the market goes down and you happen to be one of those unlucky people who retired in March of the year 2000, you still are collecting and you're still alive today. You're still collecting based on what the highest account value was way back then. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So let's say you had a hundred thousand bucks in there and you had it in there for 10 years and then it's a, it's a little over 200,000. Okay. In 10 years, a little over 200,000, 4% of 200,000 is 8,000 bucks. You say, oh, that doesn't sound that good. That's 4% though. You compare that to a 1% CD at 2000. I don't know. Would you rather have 1000? Or four thousand, or I'm sorry, or eight thousand. The uh, actually at a one percent. That what I was talking about is a half a percent CD uh, today. That's about what you're looking at. So you'd be looking at several hundred dollars versus several thousand dollars. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So if you're younger, this is my point behind this. If you're younger, what they do, they look at the account balance every year, and it goes off of the highest balance that it ever reached while you earned it. While you, I'm sorry, while you held it. That's pretty interesting. So if you did really well and then the market crashed, you're still able to take the income off of that higher market value. And what's really unique about this is that they let you stay 100% in stock funds. That, that blows my mind. So anyway, if you'd like more information on that, feel free to go to my website. Uh, give us a call. I can send you a couple of documents out. You can read about it. And if you have more questions, you can always ask me. But I think it's a, uh, um, that's good. It's about time. I, this is the first one I've seen like this. Oh, by the way, when you go to apply for these, get ready. <laughs> the applications are almost as bad as a mortgage application. <laughs> it is incredibly detailed now. And I know what they're trying to do. And, and it's a good thing. I mean, they're trying to keep the, uh, People from being able to take advantage of people and, you know, they think they can do it with, you know, adding pages and pages of, of 
stuff that you have to fill out. And maybe it's going to be effective. Maybe not. I don't know. I just know it makes the uh, makes the good guys have to work a whole lot harder. That's for sure. <laughs> and we don't we don't mind that though. We don't mind that at all. By the way, I just so you know, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier on the show, but uh, I got tested for COVID this week and it came back negative. Yes, yeah, so evidently I just have a uh, sinus infection. <laughs> but uh, I I am really relieved. <laughs> by the way, really relieved. So stay safe. Try to stay safe. And along those lines, as soon as we take a, uh, our next commercial break, <clears throat> actually our first commercial break, I've got an article that was run in the Economist magazine on, uh, oh, I think actually it was today, I think. Anyway, it says the pandemic could give way to an era of rapid productivity growth. And this is what I've been talking about since this thing started shutting things down from the very get go. This is a horrible disease it's a horrible occurrence i wish nobody had to live through this the uh there is a silver lining and the silver lining is that there's going to be more growth as a result of this and when we come back from these commercial messages we'll talk about where and what that is you're listening to bill bullington right here on 1420 stay tuned And we're back. Hey, you're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon right here on 1420. Also on 1220 Simulcast. And you can find this on my website, BullingtonCapital.com. As a podcast, it's on iHeart and on 955thefish. So I'm trying to spread this message. And the message I'm spreading this week is that we're getting closer to a time when things are actually going to start increasing uh, in by that, I mean economic activity. The economy has been shut down. But see, this is not a normal recession. This was a recession that was brought on by a sickness. Most recessions are brought on because banks lend too much money. They make bad loans. They can't pay them back. People can't pay them back. The banks have to shut down to recoup to try to make some of that money back from their existing customers and everything. That just puts a screeching halt to an economy. That's not the case this time. This time it's because you'll get sick. You know, you go out, you get sick. So people are not going out. They're shutting everything down. This is kind of a, a different reason altogether. And when you have a reason like that, the as soon as the sickness goes away, or as soon as they get a handle on it, it looks like they're very, very close. You know, we're starting to roll out the vaccines now. That's a, uh, uh, the demand comes back. Now, one of the dangers is that medium, smaller size businesses, businesses in certain industries, have been hurt so deeply that it takes them more time to recover. And that's definitely going to happen. Some industries are going to hurt because of this. It's going to take them some time to get back to, to where they were before. They will get back to where they were before it at some point in time. Because all the people on the earth that I know still eat food, wear clothing, live in housing, you know, have transportation, all that kind of, in fact, you know, living life. So the, it's not like the demand has disappeared. It's been curtailed by the shutdowns across the countries worldwide. Once those, uh, once we get this out and people are able to move around, it'll come back. That demand's going to come back. 
And it'll actually grow a little bit because the world population is growing. So the population growth, I mean, every time somebody has a kid, that kid's got to have diapers, got to have baby food, got to go to the doctor. You know, they, they, there are large expenditures with kids, I can tell you that firsthand. <laughs> so anyway, the existing industry, the, the industries that were around, uh, the, the demand comes back. The demand in some industries, like, for example, biotech, biotech and pharmaceuticals, the demand for their products probably off the charts with all of this. I know it will be. Uh, other demand, cybersecurity, that's gone up a lot. Why? Because more people are working at home. And the more people are working at home, the more they need the security to be able to work that way and, and stay safe. Healthcare. Now, healthcare, if I were a kid and I'm coming out of college, I was just looking at these things the other day because I know some younger people that are kind of looking for alternatives at this point. I would look into healthcare. There are a ton of programs in that you can get a, a two-year degree for and come out and start making a pretty good buck. You know, the uh, phlebotomist, that's, that's a pretty good degree. They get paid fairly well. You, you can, uh, um, what are the, uh, oh, the technicians that run the equipment for breathing apparatus? I forget what they're called. Yeah, anyway, it's a, it's a two-year program, and I was looking it up online. The average salary is around 70000 bucks. $70,000 for two years, for a two-year program? That's, that's, pretty, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's really good, actually. So, and then just the regular healthcare. Healthcare is going to, um, it's going to re- have the same type of results that airline and traveling and airports had in, uh, you know, after 9-11. So the big tragedy caused us to spend a lot more money on security for traveling. That money hasn't gone away. I mean, you, every time you go to the airport, you see it. Homeland Security is there. Homeland Security, an entire division that didn't exist before that. So the healthcare industry is going to rebound, is rebounding. Actually, there's a lot of demand there. So if you're looking for something to do there, that would be pretty cool. Robotics, if you've got the uh, access to training for stuff like that, there's actually a school here in uh, Northeast Ohio that does the welding robotics programs and a lot of demand there. I keep wondering if I'm ever going to be able to get around and have enough time to get somebody from their training program. They've got a training program for that and it's about a year. So uh, it's on the east side of Cleveland and you can go from just being a regular welder all the way up to running the big uh, AI robotic welding machines. Tell me that is not going to pay a pretty good buck. Yeah. Agriculture. I'm not sure where that one, these are all suggestions by the way, by I'm going to go back to the top of the article here. Oh, this was a local news station. That's pretty funny. Channel seven somewhere in the country. <laughs> but agriculture. Well, yeah, that that's actually kind of, you know, a, a given if your population is still growing, you still have to eat, you know, so you have to be able to, to do a lot with agriculture that was going to grow. I think, whether or not the pandemic, I'm not even sure what the, that had to do with that. But renewable energy, given a shot in the arm, uh, more sources. We need reliable. Want to keep the atmosphere clean. I don't know if you've noticed, but this year has actually been colder than a lot of years that I can remember. We're back in uh, March when they started shutting everything down, and you know it stayed cold much longer than it did. And summer didn't get super hot. Now it's actually 
pretty cold again. And uh, I just think that you know, renewable energies got a big boost from a lot of this stuff. And it would have, it was growing anyway, but I think this gives it a, a an extra shot. Uh, grocery delivery. That's, that's pretty funny. Actually, I've been using that. You know, when I was uh, self quarantining before I could go get tested, the, uh, I had them dropping off the groceries because I, I just didn't want to go out. You know, I want to spread it around and if I could help from it. Number nine, ed tech. So education online. I know that, uh, I know a bunch of kids who are at home attending college on the internet. That's pretty wild. And I'm sure that's going to continue to grow and got a big shot in the arm because of this. And, uh, another one, another area, online entertainment, kids getting online. I mean, I, I can't tell you how much YouTube I've watched since this has all happened. And, um, it's kind of cool because you can go in and you can search for ex- the exact topics that you want to, you know, that you're interested in. And you can also, uh, there's, uh, all the streaming television devices. You, you can, uh, get those to your phones or your laptops or your, um, tablet computers. And it's pretty good. So these are just, and, and there are tons of other industries that are going to do well once this is all behind us. And I think one of the things that you really got to be concerned with, you know, we were talking a little bit at the beginning of the show about fixed income and different sources of fixed income and uh, equity indexed uh, annuities. I don't think are the way, but fixed indexed annuities, I think are very good. So you have options to get more income from some uh, places that aren't traditional because the traditional places are paying such a small dollar amount. It's just incredibly difficult to uh, think about that. By the way, I know a lot of people are hanging on. They're hoping you know, that interest rates will get higher sometime soon. I'm just not sure that that's going to happen anytime soon. I, mean, I feel bad for people that are hanging out there waiting for CD rates to get back up to a point where they can get a decent return on their money because I just don't know that it'll happen when you've got such high levels of government debt. And they're, you know, they're talking about adding more to the debt. So when you raise interest rates a couple percent, that's going to cost the the federal government billions of dollars in extra income payments on that interest that they're paying. So I just, I just don't think that's going to happen anytime real soon. But uh, so what are your options? This is one option. You know, you do something like this. You've also got the uh, stock market. You can go with dividend-oriented stocks, if you'd like. There are a lot of ETFs out there you can use. And when I say this, I, I really start to shudder because I've had so many people call and ask me about a particular stock, one stock. I would never recommend you do one stock. I don't care how high the dividend is. And if the dividend is more than 3 or 4%, there's a reason for that. Normally, the reason is that there's some sort of risk there. And the risk is probably fairly substantial at this point. So I wouldn't be looking for stocks, preferred stocks, anything that's got more than a three or 4% interest rate, it's got to have some risk to the principal there. And that's the hard part because you'd like to put the money in the stock fund. And sometimes when you see these illustrations or you go to a website and here's the performance of this stock, you know, it's averaged uh, eight or nine, even if you go back right to, let's say, go, go, go to November of 2007, right before the market really dropped a lot. The average annual return on those things are going to be pretty low 
at that point. Like five, six percent, which is actually pretty good given the fact that it went down fifty percent right off the bat. So it all depends on where you start. That's a that's a problem. It all depends on where you start. If you started in November of two thousand seven versus somebody who started in March of two thousand and nine when the market had bottomed, your outcome is in, is different. You probably had to cut way back on your lifestyle. The 2007 person had to cut way back on their lifestyle and their spending. And the 2009 person thinks they're geniuses. <laughs> so it all depends. And that is a, just such a tough thing. And what's what's really hard on me is people will come in and say, well, you'll know when that different, you know, when that's going to happen, right? So I can stay out of the way. Basically, they're asking me if I can predict the future accurately. And the answer is no. Now, if I could predict the future accurately, I would be working. <laughs> I wouldn't need to work. I would just take all the stocks that perform the best and put my money in them and that's it. And uh, so you just don't know. You just have no idea. You have to make some sort of an assumption that you're going to earn some money. And, and right now I'd say stocks probably, even at their, the prices that they are today, probably a better bet than putting your money in bonds, especially if you're a young person, especially if you get a diversified portfolio and you've got a long time period. If you're above the age of 50 you know, or 55, uh, it all depends too. It's your, everybody's situation is a little bit different. Depends on what your tolerance for risk is too because you can have all the money and all the time, but if you don't have the risk tolerance and, and you're always jumping in and out of the market, you're, you're going to get hurt. You're not going to make much money. So, but uh, all other things being equal, average person I think today is probably going to have to have a heavier allocation towards stocks if you don't have a fixed income that's high enough to pay a big chunk of your bills. And that, that's a great thing to work towards. How much do I need just to pay my basic bills? Let's try to get that arranged so that I can have that money coming in uh, every month from some relatively reliable sources. Maybe we'll use a, uh, a fixed index annuity as one of the options for a portion of the money. In, and we can take the rest of the money, put it in stock portfolios. Uh, you can be uh, a little bit more aggressive that way because... You got something in something that's, you got a lot of money in something that's very conservative on one side, which would allow you to be a little more aggressive on the other side. And that's a, uh, that's a beautiful thing. If you're within 10 years of thinking about retiring, you might want to start looking at those. If you're more than 15 years from retirement, you might start, you might want to look at the investment only that allows you to go to a hundred percent in stocks, but also has a guarantee on the account value for you and your beneficiaries. So I know all this stuff is probably just making your head spin. Sorry about that. You can always call me and, or reach out email bill at bullingtoncapital.com. My website's bullingtoncapital.com. You can go there and there's a contact form there. If you reach out, uh, this happens quite a bit. I'm not sure why, but people will, will reach out through the contact form and they don't put their question down. <laughs> it says, uh, I just get the notice that somebody fill out a contact form and I get there and there's, there's no question. So it's kind of funny, but, uh, so feel free to write a question in and, and I will, I always reach out back with an email. Uh, sometimes it takes me a while. It depends on the, uh, 
how busy we are, what time of year it is, actually. This time of year has been really busy. It's been incredibly busy. You got the holidays coming up. Uh, people generally, I'll have people that wait until 345. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm sending out a letter, by the way, to all my clients. For all of you guys that waited last year to 345 on the last business day of the year to get a distribution done, that this year that will be impossible. We actually did that last year. I, I couldn't believe that we got it done. This year, I'm telling you, we're putting a letter out actually on Monday. If you need a distribution, you better get it in now because we can't guarantee that you'll get that by the end of the year. Oh, it's pretty crazy. It's unbelievable. 345. Are you kidding? I'm going to turn my phone off. <laughs> but uh, anyway, talk about procrastination. Holy cow. That's mind-boggling. And that's one of the uh, one of the things I'm really not that fond of in our, our, our business. I know why they're procrastinating, because everything is so complicated. You know, should I do this? Should I take it from there? Should I do that? What's going to happen in the stock market? I get it. You know, it is. It, it's tough. So and we're going to uh, dedicate, and we, we have them, but we're going to dedicate even more this year, trying to make things as simple as humanly possible. We want to make things as simple as humanly possible because you got enough to worry about. Trying to accumulate enough money for retirement, that is a bear. That is really tough. It takes a lot of money to be able to replace your income. And they don't, you know, they're not teaching this to kids in college. And what's really interesting, I've had kids in college ask me about it. And then when I told them what the answer was, you could tell they were shutting me down like, you know, nobody's business. They didn't want to hear it. You know, why? Well, when you're talking to a 22 year old who's got minimally 40 years till they're 62, by the time they're there, the social security, the full social security age is probably going to be 75. <laughs> we'll come back to this topic as soon as we come back from these commercial messages. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. I'm back. Like it or not. <laughs> oh, hey, you can reach me by going to my website, bullingtoncapital.com. Um, send me an email if you'd like or reach out that way. The phone number there is 330-664-0700. And we were just kind of talking today about, you know, guaranteed income, uh, different ways of looking at that. Um, there's a lot of a lot of material out there today. I feel bad for the average person trying to get through all this stuff. You know, I, I struggle. I struggle to get through it. You know, there's, it's just, there's a lot. So I just uh, do everything I can to try to help out. If you'd like to talk about your own situation, that would be great. I was just talking about how complicated everything has gotten. And, and it really has. I mean, it, it's unbelievable. If you've got Medicare issues, you probably need to talk to somebody who specializes in Medicare insurance. Health insurance. That's a specialty now. You should see, I, I, I know because I've just gone through the continuing education on an insurance license that I hold, 
and a big I, I elected to go through some of the different health insurance plans and it's unbelievable. So you really need a specialist in that area. I work with a specialist, by the way, uh, does a lot of health insurance, does uh, actually has people in his office that do the Medicare. So that's a, it's unreal. It's just unreal. Taxes, you know, you have to have, literally, you have to have a certificate from the government um, that shows that you're qualified to do tax returns. You have to take a test for that, you have to take training. So we can talk about it, but when I talk about it to clients, I have to say, you know, you have to talk to your tax professional. And I have a guy that's on retainer that I can call uh, and have my clients call and, and ask questions when they do have questions that are specific and, and we don't know the answers to them. So, but just amazing how this is kind of just the age of specialization. And the investing is the, uh, oh, there's so much written on, on these topics. And a lot of the, the good news is it doesn't have to be super complicated. Basically take your, uh, whatever income that you are going to get in retirement, let's say from social security or pensions. If you don't know what those are, go to socialsecurity.gov. They'll send you an estimate. Uh, go to your, uh, HR. If you have retirement plans at work, they'll, uh, if you've got pensions at work, they'll give you an estimate. They're obligated to give you one minimally once a year. So you can get a, uh, an idea of what you might get there. And then the next thing is try to have some sort of an estimate of what you are saving and how much you will have saved up by the time you get to that age where you just want to retire. And um, that's the thing about this too. You, you have to kind of pick some of those things, you know, just because you, you can't hit a target that you can't see. So you basically you got to have a target. And uh, that's age 65, age 67. You can take whatever you're doing. We can uh, show you what that may accumulate to over that time period. You can add your social securities and pensions in there and have a pretty good idea of what your lifestyle might be like at that age. And uh, you can do multiple scenarios. We've, we've got some software that actually does a pretty good job of doing this, and it's pretty simple. When it, when it, I know it doesn't sound simple after that last five minutes, <laughs> but it, it is actually pretty simple. You take your savings and your income, you know, 4.5% of your savings is the, the recommended rate these days. Uh, try not to take more than 4.5% out. Uh, definitely try to stay below 6%. You know, it's okay to go a little bit above uh, four and a half, but you don't want to go above six because in this day and age, that, that that's just not a safe thing to do. And um, might you make it? Yeah, you might. You might even make more money than you took out. But uh, if you go through another period like year 2000 through 2009, um, you may be looking for work you know, in your retirement years and that would be horrible. So you just have to uh, keep everything in perspective. You know, Take a look at where you are. Don't panic. That's a... Uh, one of the jobs that, that I have is, you know, panicking for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I won't panic. And just keeping your head on straight, you know, figuring out what you're, where you are realistically. Realistically, where could you be? And uh, that gives you a lot of peace. You know, if, if I, look, I know what I'm up against. I know that this could happen. I know this could happen. As long as you know what those things are, you should be fine. Just the... uh Follow a, a fairly well thought out plan. Try to get with someone that, you know, it's got some experience, been doing it for a while and uh, try to go some with someone you're comfortable with. That That's a big deal. 
if you're not comfortable with your advisor, when the market's down 30 or 40%, you know, that that's where I see the most mistakes being made. When the market's down a lot and somebody was uncomfortable to begin with, okay, then they start to make some pretty bad decisions. And uh, going to cash is one of those. That's one of those things you should already have that figured out before the market drops. Okay, You should have that figured out. How much of a drop are you willing to sit through realistically? How much of a drop are you willing to sit through and uh, not panic, not not try to go to cash, not try to time the market? Because I got to tell you something. There were some uh, things that you could do, some market indicators that used to work pretty reliably. They have been blown to pieces in the past five or six years. I mean, just blown to pieces. They don't work any, they're nowhere near as effective as they used to be. The good news is you wouldn't have lost money. The bad news is you wouldn't have made much and you'd have been much better off in a diversified portfolio that you rebalance once every other year. Think about that for a second. Somebody's only doing something once every other year and they're beating the pants off the people who are stuck at their computer screens, stressing out and moving the money around. Not only are you having all those transactions and you're having to, to track all that, if it's a taxable account, you have to pay taxes on all that stuff. You're hurting your performance at the same time. That, that, that makes great sense, right? Let's do a whole bunch of extra work, scare the bejesus out of ourselves and, and do poor. <laughs> do poorly. But when you think about it, if, if you've been around on this planet for more than 30 years, you, you've probably seen people who make emotional decisions and you know that, yeah, that's probably not the best way. And uh, it can get really emotional. It can get incredibly emotional. And that's one of the things about this business. One of the, one of the protections against a uh, robotic, you know, the, the artificial intelligence, the portfolios out there, is that they can't really tell how you feel. You can answer questions, and I see it all the time. People are always answering the questions. But once, the, uh, you know, once you're into the tornado... You know, then you, you you figure out who was who'd braced themselves and you know built a shelter, and uh, who was standing out wide in the open. <laughs> That's yeah, that was a that was a horrible analogy, wasn't it? <laughs> oh well, but you get the point. You know, being prepared for surprises is ninety percent of the reason somebody's going to be successful. It's ninety percent. The other percent's knowledge. The other 10%. And it's, but it's kind of like yeast is to bread. Yeast is a very small percentage of a loaf of bread, but it has a pretty big impact on that loaf of bread. Leave it out and watch what happens. Okay. So you got to have the knowledge, but 90% of it is going to come from your own mental um, point of view, actually. How scared are you? Were you prepared for this? If you're prepared for it, you shouldn't be having too many problems. Hey, we've seen this before. We'll see it again. And I'm always a little surprised uh, every time we do have a big drop like the one we had in March that uh, some people are calling uh, that I I hadn't anticipated would be calling because it seems so calm, cool, and collected. And uh, yeah, it's scary. Uh, Believe me, it won't be the last time. That wasn't the first time either. I've been through tons of these things now. And uh, bottom line is, at some point in time, things have had a tendency to settle down, come back, and then go all to all-time new highs. And nobody ever thinks they're gonna that will happen. By the way, uh, it's 
well, I shouldn't say nobody. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people who haven't heard that, yeah, Peter Lynch was right. Warren Buffett was right. Stocks could go down 50% or more. And they've made all their money in stocks. And you know why? Because they, they knew what was going to happen and they prepared for it. That's, that's the trick. It's being prepared for what's about to happen. What really gets you, I mean, when something jumps up that you're not expecting, that can really throw people for a loop. So you need to try to get with somebody who's willing to work with you and show you, hey, I'm not going to just show you a pie in the sky. I'm going to tell you, at some point in time, these stocks are probably going to be down a lot. You need to know that because I don't need you calling, uh, trying to go to cash, you know, completely. And uh, you can go, by the way, that's okay. It's okay to cut back on your holdings. Now, will you make as much money as somebody who just stuck it out? You don't know. You don't know. There's a pretty good chance that you won't. Somebody who just stuck it out and just rebalanced the portfolio once every other year or once a year probably has, in a super long run, has done better than those people that are are trying to make adjustments on the fly. uh, But you might, and at least you're not 100% wrong. That's that's a big key. Somebody who's not 100% out of the market is never going to be 100% wrong. Think about that for a second. I'd much rather only be half or 30% wrong than 100% wrong. <laughs> I mean, think about that for a second. So, and uh, for those people who go into markets expecting to have volatility, expecting uh, what kind of drops they can see in their portfolios, you guys have the odds in your favor. Long-term probabilities are on your side. Now they hear the music, the probability that I got to get out of here is extremely high. <laughs> You're listening to Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck. And good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report, broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC.